Hey y'all, Samantha Ray Lopez here, your host of Hyper Real Film Club Presents Texas Film in Focus. This is episode 11 and we are almost done with the series. If you're just tuning in, hi, welcome, thank you. And yeah, definitely check out the previous episodes because there are a ton of useful nuggets and insightful interviews in this series. For those of you coming back, hey y'all, good to see you. I hope you've had a good time so far. Up to now, we've spent a lot of time talking about a wide range of super fun topics. So today, I wanted to take this chance to really drop some knowledge on y'all because the truth of the matter is, film production has a huge economic impact on the state. The ugly truth that money makes the world go round is very true, especially as it pertains to the high cost of such a collaborative medium, depending on size and a bunch of other factors, right? But for the most part, you can guarantee filmmaking requires a ton of resources and people advocating for those resources, people putting programs together, making connections, and having a deep understanding of the how and the why of the impact of film. Today, y'all are about to learn a whole lot. I should preface this episode by calling out that I say the term tax incentives a lot through the interviews when really I should be saying incentive program in many cases. So just keep that in mind as you listen through. It'll start to make sense as we have a few folks explain the program and how it impacts the economy in Texas. Okay, so let's start talking to the experts. The first people I knew to reach out to were Lindsay Ashley and Kim LeBlanc at the Texas Film Commission. Lindsay Ashley is the deputy director, and Kim LeBlanc is the production and community relations specialist at the Texas Film Commission. Fun fact, Kim hired me as an intern at the Austin Film Society right out of college, so you could say all this is her fault. (laughs) I am forever grateful for the chance that she took on me all those years ago, and here we are almost 15 years later talking about what we love so much, Texas and film. You'll love to see it. All right, let's jump in. Um, So I know 2021 marks the 50th anniversary of the existence of the Texas Film Commission. And I know y'all are kind of pulling out all of the stops, doing a lot of retrospectives on social and via email. Um, Can you speak to kind of what this milestone really means for the organization and uh, how important it's been to Texas over the past 50 years? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I know that this year has made us look at a lot of things very differently, but I am very grateful that we've kind of had the opportunity. I think in a normal year, we might have just had a big party and like everybody come together and and celebrate this milestone. But we've really been able to examine our anniversary decade by decade. And it's helped us to identify the themes and the patterns that have happened in our very vibrant industry that we have here in the state over the last 50 years. And so it's also helped us think about what we hope for the future kind of in the coming decades and where we really wanna prioritize our energy and our resources. And so with this particular anniversary, um, it's been a lot of fun because it's really like the very common theme throughout all 50 years has been this sense of community and how that's really kind of propped up our industries, no matter what size project you had, no matter how many stars were in it, and no matter where you were filming. You know, everyone from the cast and the crew to the people on the ground who are making it happen, like that just kept coming up. And I think that that's something that you can't really buy um, as a state and as a film commission, regardless of what your incentive programs might be. And so I just love that that's our value add and that's become very apparent. And that's really kind of a theme that we're trying to embrace throughout our different variations of celebrations. We've had our retrospective editorials, we've done digging through the archives and published that on our social media. We've had virtual forums that think about things that have happened here, but also look forward. And this fall, we definitely have some really exciting things planned, like some very special retrospective screenings at some uh, key festivals in the state. And um, Kim is working very hard to organize our Film Friendly Texas Forum. Um, the first one we've ever done and our network of 160 plus communities have the opportunity to come together and continue to make this a really good place for projects to land for the next 50 years. 
it's just such an honor to be um, a part of the history of the Texas Film Commission as a staff member, knowing that our office has been, you know, serving the creative industries of Texas for 50 years. Um, and I think that Lindsay just hit the nail on the head. You know, we really are trying to, in everything that we do, draw on that history, but also look forward um, with inspiration about what the future holds. And so that is certainly relevant when it comes to our film-friendly forum, which we are in the planning processes for and gearing up towards. It's going to take place on September 24th and 25th at the iconic South Fork Ranch. Um, and it's really just going to be an exciting inaugural event and opportunity for us to gather our statewide network of community partners um, and give everyone an opportunity to convene and celebrate, but also, um, you know, we're going to be providing a curriculum that allows for continuing education and networking with, uh, you know, uh, each other as community partners, but also with industry and, and then um, um, just the professional development opportunities to learn more about the media production industries of Texas is something that we're all very excited to continue to share with our network of community partners in this new and uh, exciting event that we are putting together. So it, it, I can't think of a better way to kind of, you know, wrap up uh, a wonderful year of celebration of our 50th anniversary as an office and, and, um, we're really looking forward to that event. So the, I know the film friendly Texas program has been your baby for a long time. Can you speak to, um, kind of an overview of what that program is and how it's kind of evolved over time? So, uh, the film friendly Texas program exists as an elevated platform for communities that are proactively interested in cultivating business um, and, and uh, uh, developing relationships with the media industries of Texas. And so our office provides ongoing guidance and training to community partners statewide to help them ready themselves and their communities to receive the economic development and job creation opportunities that our media production industries can provide. And uh, certainly after the last year and a half, we have found that media production industry are a great recovery opportunity for the economies of Texas communities as well. And so a lot of the work that we've been doing when we work with our community partners is to help them understand the unique challenges and opportunities of working with the media production industries. We want to um, ready them to help match local businesses with production-related needs. And we really want them to optimize the opportunities that they have for local economic development and job creation opportunities and also tourism opportunities. Um, you know, a lot of the work that we do at the Texas Film Commission, it focuses on the economic development and job creation opportunities of media production. And that is the upfront upside, um, but there are of course long lasting tourism opportunities that come from hosting projects. Um, and so we're always here as a resource in our office to help communities understand how to make the most of those tourism opportunities they have as well. And uh, you know, we have 160 plus communities currently participating in the program as Lindsay mentioned, and they really range in size from Houston to Muleshoe, Texas, and all points in between from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley to the far west uh, stretches of Texas to the Pine Curtain of East Texas. We're really proud of the statewide representation that we have in the program and uh, you know, while we have 160 plus communities that are film friendly certified, we have just about as com many communities here in Texas that are going through the process of becoming certified as well. And so our office provides them with guidance as they go through that certification process. And, and it really is an honor to work with so many movers and shakers across the state who uh, lend their expertise to production when production expresses an interest in being in their community. I think it's important to think about the fact that um, these are considered to be media production industries, film, television, commercial, video game, animation, AR, VR, XR, the works. Um, however, when the projects come and they land here, they hire people and they finish and they get released, the projects really live on. And that can be into um, 
the tourism sector, where we have all these film festivals that take place around the state, and those draw in visitors, um, not just visitors from it within the state, but also from other places. Um, it also becomes a part of the legacy of these communities and a claim to fame. And a lot of times you'll even see things like, um, you know, it impacts real estate when a filming location is on the market. Um, so, and these industries really do, uh, they are kind of timeless. And we see that a lot with our film friendly partners where they, it becomes a point of pride when they have projects that take place in their community. And they really like to talk about them and they really like to uh, promote that connection to these industries. And so it, it keeps funneling more projects. And so just because a production happens and those jobs are created, doesn't mean that the positive impacts of these industries are done when they're finished. And so what we're trying to do at the Film Commission is we're trying to help create an awareness around that lasting impact. And we're starting with our community reps, but we're also working with legislators and, you know, um, different industry sectors like tourism, um, you know, like economic development. And we're starting to help them also see that connective tissue. Anything else about the Texas Film Commission that you'd like to share? We would be remiss not to mention some of the programs and resources that we have available for each and every listener. Um, so, you know, we do have our Texas production directory. We want to encourage anyone who's listening who's not listed in that to go ahead and list yourself. It's free of charge. Um, it helps job leads come directly to you. Um, we would encourage you to use our job hotline as well, where we are listing uh, job opportunities. We are really all about, uh, you know, connecting the workforce here in Texas with job opportunities. So um, help us help you by listing in the Texas production directory. And then also just bookmark that job hotline page where it, you'll see it's pretty hopping right now. We've got a lot of projects filming in Texas and we have a lot more coming down the pipeline. Um, we have location services in our production department. Not everybody is always familiar about that. So, um, you know, we do have a wonderful statewide locations database. We're happy to uh, build locations packages for folks and help them visualize their projects here in Texas and also introduce them to new areas of Texas they may not be familiar with. Um, we have an internship program as well. So if there are any young minds listening, uh, check that out on our website as well. Uh, think about applying. It's a great way to get a 40,000 foot view of the media production industries of Texas. And then, of course, we have our film friendly forum coming up, which is, uh, you know, the target audience is our community partners, but we will have a community day portion and we encourage anyone interested in learning more about the film friendly program, about the media production industries, and also just connecting, um, you know, to check out the event and register. And, um, you know, we hope to see you there in September. Before we wrap, though, I'd love to get your perspectives on the incentive program. And are there any misconceptions that y'all can clear up to get a better understanding of what this program really is? Yeah, absolutely. We have had the Texas Moving Image Industry Incentive Program since uh, it's been funded since about 2007 and it has been funded consistently. Um, the program is, first of all, maybe the biggest misconception is that, is, that it is a tax rebate. Um, it is actually a uh, cash program. Um, it is funded through the Texas legislature and um, a lot of other states will have a state income tax and that kind of helps to fuel a tax credit. We do not have a state income tax in Texas. We don't pay into that as Texans or people who are working in the state. And so we go to the legislature every two years and we get an appropriation. So it's a very finite amount of funds that we will work with for a two year period. Um, we do have to go every two years, and it can't be a program that extends beyond that because constitutionally, uh, the state legislature can only do a budget for a two-year cycle. So um, we just finished our legislative session, and we're really pleased with the fact that our legislators continue to see this as a jobs program, which is what it is, and we're also 
starting to really collect some pretty good data about the economic impacts that this program is having, how much money is being spent directly in the state, not using multipliers. The projects that come through the program, they do go through an audit. And so we are able to verify how many people they hired, how much money they spent, and we give them a, it functions like a rebate. So we'll give them a return on the expenditures that they had here in Texas. The economic impact data, is that available to the public? It is. Uh, we have a page on our site um, and we, we can kind of nice uh, summary of the program as far as how much money has come into the state, how much has been paid out in grant. It's created over 157,000 jobs in these industries since its inception. Um, we also have a, a paid projects list. So you can even see which projects uh, were recipients of the grant awards. And um, we are trying to update our economic impact data every two years so that we can keep up with how many jobs were created and how much money was spent in the state. And I'm really excited because we are working on some mapping um, kind of resources that we'll have available on our website in the not so distant future that will kind of show where the projects are happening um, that are coming through this program. And it's just, it really makes us, we're a bunch of geography nerds here at the film office and it really makes our hearts light up because it's all around the state. It will be uh, according to county and how many projects that came through the program filmed in those counties. And uh, so you'll see how it just, it does happen in the urban areas, but it does go across the entire state, down into the valley, up into the panhandle, way out west. So it's obvious that the Texas Film Commission has been a huge part of the foundation that holds up the film industry here in Texas. They're responsible for the growth of the programs available to media makers and the management of one of the most important assets to the state when it comes to filmmaking, the incentive program. Someone who is heavily involved in an organization specifically focused on advocacy for these production incentives is Mindy Raymond, the former executive director and current communications director for the TXMPA, the Texas Motion Picture Alliance, a statewide nonprofit industry advocacy organization for film, TV, commercial, online media, and video game creators. I also had her explain the incentive structure because, to be honest, I've been in Texas my whole career and was still very wrong about how it all works. Can you give us kind of a high-level um, overview of what are tax incentives? Yeah, tax incentives are something that are pretty much the name of the game right now in any sort of film production that we have on a global scale. So as we've all been in this industry or for those who are even starting out in the industry, it's like, you know, everyone's like, oh, why doesn't Texas have as good a tax incentives as Georgia? And why can't we be like Canada? And it's all these kind of questions about these tax incentives, which just we Take it on a big scale. Yes, a lot of countries and cities and states offer these tax incentives, but the way that they're structured are vastly different. Um, so it's really comparing like apples to oranges to school buses. Like it's just there's so many nuances to it. And so they started, you know, roughly about 20 years ago when we started seeing these tax incentives pop up, uh, primarily in Canada was one of the first countries to do it. And all of a sudden they were offering basically a rebate or a tax incentives for film production to come and shoot in Canada. And then one of the first states to get on board was Louisiana. So as a neighboring state to Texas, all of a sudden we're like, huh, okay, Louisiana is offering this tax incentive for a film to come in and shoot in their state. That's really interesting because before this, Texas has was literally coined the third coast, right? There was so much production that was happening here. The movies of the week were just constantly flowing in. We had all the great serials like Dallas, you know, and Walker, Texas Ranger. And it, Texas was really a place to go for production because we had the land, clearly. You could be anywhere pretty much in the world and still be in Texas. We had amazing crews. We had awesome education, you know, um, institutions like the universities and community colleges that would educate folks. And then obviously the talent was here too. 
So when we saw that our neighboring state, Louisiana, was looking at getting involved in these incentives and start an incentive program, a group of just visionaries, for lack of a better word, came together and they said, we need to do something here in Texas. And that is how TXMPA was actually born. So stakeholders got together and they said, we need to make sure that we stay competitive, particularly with the neighboring state and bringing production here. And what is that going to look like for us? So right around 2005, TXMPA formed and literally wrote the legislation that we have today for our tax incentive. Ours is a grant, though. So a lot of other, I'll just stick to kind of the United States, right? Let's just take, you know, Georgia, because it's the hot place to film right now. They offer a tax incentive based on their state income tax. So it's essentially a tax credit. Um, now we all have moved to Texas or a lot of us have grown up here and we do not have that state income tax that doesn't exist in Texas, thank God, and it never will. Um, that's one of the beauties of living here. So we cannot offer a tax credit based on the state income tax because we just don't have it in the first place. So that's how Georgia is able to gather that money and then sell it back to the productions and or, you know, there's a whole like um, system that goes on with people that buy the tax credits and then they sell them to a third party and it's a little bit convoluted. We wanted to keep our program extremely clean and conservative. Um, we all know we live in a conservative state and we knew to have legislation pass, it would have to be written in a way that year after year, um, our legislation meets every two years, right? So year, every two years for every biennium, it would essentially pass. And they would say, okay, this is a program worth supporting. So when that initial group came together to write the legislation, I mean, the program was written in a way that was extremely smart in that, okay, we don't have a state income tax. Therefore, it has to be a grant that the state budgets every two years in their budget. And then essentially we have two years of funds that then the Texas Film Commission, who they appropriate the money, they can go through and make sure that that money stretches out for two years, as long as we have it. Uh, so as a production company, say you come in, I'm gonna apply for an incentive. You go through the process of filling out your application. It's all through the Texas Film Commission. They essentially earmark money for you. Say, okay, we've got enough money in the kitty for you. This is what your budget is. We're only going to grant you what you spend in Texas though. Here's the key. And this is why our program continues to be supported both by Republicans and Democrats is because we really truly only incentivize Texas spend. So it's Texas businesses, it's Texas talent, Texas vendors, and that's what gets them excited because it truly, it's a jobs program. So anyway, so that is why, because we are a jobs program, we only incentivize Texas. That's a, another big difference with Georgia, right? They incentivize anybody and everybody. You do not have to be a resident of Georgia because again, it's based on the state income tax and they're, you know, they're getting taxed on that anyways, they come in and film. So it's a really interesting just, you know, when you, again, start to kind of peel away these layers and you look like, oh, okay, so Texas incentivizes Texans to stay in their home state and work, and it incentivizes productions from, say, New York or LA or Atlanta to come in here and hire Texans, right, or to use Texas businesses like American Airlines, Southwest Airlines, McCoy's, you know, all these great companies that are based here. So that's the reason that we are different and it's an, a constant education on just telling folks, well, here's why we can't be like Georgia because we don't have a state income tax. Hooray, you know, thank God. But we have to get a lot more creative on how that incentive looks and works and feels. And again, fortunately, we've had bipartisan support. We will continue to have that. We're nestled, you know, under the Texas Film Commission, which is under the governor's um, umbrella of economic development. So we're we're in a great place. We know the governor supports economic development. Everyone wants economic development for the state, right? And we are a program that helps directly with that. Okay, so I can confirm that I get it now. Tax incentive programs are those that are reliant on state taxes to fund the pot. Then that goes to qualifying productions, while our incentive program is essentially a rebate system where legislation defines the amount of money in the pot then qualifying productions can apply to get some money back towards that production. Okay, so now I get it. 
And how can people get involved in not only making change, but kind of educating themselves about all of the nuances that that come with the tax incentives, how they impact the state, how it kind of um, impacts the filmmakers that come out of Texas as well? I think staying involved with TXMPA, um, you know, I do newsletters here and there. I don't bombard people by any means. I know we all get thousands of emails. So I really am conscious of what we're putting out and making sure that it's, it's worth everyone's while to read and, and be involved and educated on it. So getting on our newsletter, um, same with social media, and then also, you know, the regional film commission. So wherever these folks are in Texas, I would highly recommend connecting with your regional film commissioner. They are truly the boots on the ground and know what's happening. And it's important for them to know you, right. As Samantha and Austin, right. Like what do you do? Why are you here? What's your what's your gig? What are you working on? What's the production you're doing? They want to know that information because again, they've got those direct pipelines essentially to city council and then to the state legislature. So it's important to have that communication on a very personal basis. And then with that, also get to know your personal representative. Who's your senator? Who's your house representative? Let them know that, hey, I live in your district. Here's what I do for my livelihood. I have a great relationship with both my senator and my rep. And, you know, I know they support our industry, but I'm also in contact with them and letting them know how we how we can make this better and what does that look like. Um, the Texas Film Commission, too, they've got some great resources. Just staying involved, I think, by, again, staying educated, right? Just... And not taking for granted, like, oh, somebody else is going to do this for me. And I'm just going to sit back and wait, you know, and let everyone else kind of deal with it. Like, no, we need, we need boots on the ground, people making phone calls, sending emails, find those personal connections. That's really how we start to move that needle so that, you know, a senator in El Paso is like, oh, I remember Samantha came into my office. We had a great discussion. And did you know she was a producer and she was filming, you know, this amazing feature out here in El Paso? Like, who would have guessed, you know? And it's those personal stories that then, like, that's how we start to, to kind of, again, get people to see, like, if this is not just an Austin thing. This is not just a Dallas thing. Like, production happens all over the state. You know, again, it's it definitely takes a massive village of many, many people to come together to make sure that, you know, something that I feel like is really unique to Austin, but also to, to Texas, I feel is just that collaborative nature of our industry. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of us have worked in other markets and it's just there's a, a palpable energy here when you, when you're back or you move here or you grow up here that you feel like I am embraced and I'm supported and, you know, I, I can find my folks and get things done and no dream is too big or audacious and no amount of like, just the creativity that can flow here is, is amazing. And it's so well supported. So I just feel like that's our secret sauce that I want to make sure we, we keep as new people are moving in and just be like, Hey, welcome. We welcome you with open arms, but we want to make sure like, you know, no jerks allowed. (laughs) Yes. No jerks allowed. The perfect way to sum up how I feel about the flood of people coming to Texas. And also a great one-liner for my Bumble profile. As we continue this conversation about the economic impact on Texas, obviously different regions experience production in very different ways. One person who has over 30 years of experience in working in independent film is Drew Mayer Oaks, the current film commissioner in El Paso. From Houston to San Antonio, even Las Cruces, New Mexico, Drew has seen it all. El Paso has gone through a ton of change as of late, so let's talk to Drew about his observations. Our, our office is, has uh, gone through some changes over the past few months, and we're now called the Um, Film and Creative Industries Commission, because we now cover music, design, and photography um, as creative industries in the city of El Paso. Can you talk a little bit about that um, kind of evolution and change and what kind of sparked that that shift? We uh, were a traditional film office for 33 years, led by Susie Gaines, who many in the Film Commission world no, because she was uh, instrumental in working with 
you know, all of the big projects that worked in El Paso and West Texas over the last 30 years. Um, and when I started in the fall of 2017, uh, you know, it was, it was a different time. Um, Texas film production has changed specifically for El Paso or the type of projects that we have uh, are different now um, than, than in the past. We have fewer large Hollywood projects and more indie, indie projects. And we also wanted to be able to support um, the growing music scene in the city and basically the creative industry uh, on, as a whole. In, in El Paso because it's really, the city is really uh, growing and taking on kind of a new flavor as a lot of young creatives are making uh, their voices heard. So I know you've um, kind of worked as a regional film commissioner in various places across the state. Can you talk about your um, kind of point of view on the economic impact of film in these various regions? The impact varies from year to year, which is one of the challenges that we have as a as an agency. We're we're a contractor for the city of El Paso, so we obviously report the economic impact that we uh, that we we see in the city every year. Um, and, and because projects uh, can be large, you know, we may have one year where we report, uh, you know, three, four or $5 million in, in economic activity. And then another year where we're one and a half to 2 million. So it, it's, it is a bit of a challenge, but if you keep good records, which our office has done over the years, um, you can really see how one, the economic impact is consistent over the last 30 years. And two, that it continues to grow and that our base production numbers, which are commercials, uh, smaller TV projects, local production, that um, kind of that base bread and butter come up, uh, production continues to grow um, slowly over the years. Um, you know, it doesn't take a lot of production to have a significant impact. And that's one of the reasons that many regions um, are, are interested in pursuing film productions and television, uh, because if you do happen to get a large project or even a medium-sized project, the impact is, is, uh, is, is quite, um, it, it can be a lot of money. And, and I'm not talking like, you know, 50 or 60,000, I'm talking millions. I mean, just, just one episode of, a standard television series could spend one, two or $3 million in your region over three, four or five or six weeks. And that's an incredible amount of spending. How does the office promote itself to find that balance between serving productions coming into the state and still being able to serve the local creatives? Uh, well, we're coming out of the pandemic, so our budget is, is severely limited right now. Um, but traditionally, we, we would market with our uh, statewide organization, the Texas Association of Film Commissions, um, to primarily television and film projects based, based in L.A. or New York. Um, the, the challenge is right now is we don't obviously have the marketing funds to do that. And, you know, we... We can't rely on our Texas incentive because it it is um, it's a strong program, but it's dated and it doesn't serve our region well. Um, the system is designed um, to really promote larger productions that are over three and a half million dollars, and uh, and we tend to get those that are under three million. Uh, so. It's a real challenge for us, and that, that's another reason that we uh, wanted to expand our scope and our reach, um, because we feel, one, we feel it's important to support our creative community, uh, but two, there's also, you know, when, when you don't report on 
the other creative activity that's happening, the other creative commercial activity like music and design and photography, um, it, it doesn't pop up on our radar. So if we don't report about it, it's as if it didn't happen. We all know it happens. But until you have the numbers in a report that can go to city council and the mayor's office, um, it just it just doesn't seem to have an impact. So that that's really uh, why we wanted to pursue the additional creative industries. We do continue to promote um, our city to filmmakers outside of our region, and we're you know we're we're trying to establish the niche that works for us. So projects that may not be dependent or as dependent on uh, a tax uh, incentive or soft money as they call it, projects that may be written specifically for our region and have a cultural um, you know, connection to our region. And, uh, and also to creators that are now working in in Hollywood or New York or, or overseas on larger projects that want to bring projects home. And so you mentioned, you know, things have changed because of the pandemic. I know there's been kind of an uptick in film production, you know, because the state has opened up earlier than other states. Um, what does that look like in El Paso for y'all? Are y'all seeing that same trend? We have seen a a bit of an uptick and we had a couple of larger projects in July that, that uh, uh, we were happy to host. And, and those projects were pieces of larger feature films that were set in El Paso and needed to film uh, a three or four or five days here to get El Paso exteriors. Um, and even that, that small, uh, those small productions had a significant impact on our bottom line. And we we're happy to have them. So, um, commercial production is is moving moving forward here. We have we have a, a lot of production in both uh, Ciudad Juarez and in El Paso for, in the commercial space for banking and grocery stores and other businesses. Um, so that's that's increasing. And I think, you know, our industry has really done a good job of awareness and, and being safe on set. And, and we're lucky in that respect because, um, I mean, the productions that I've been on visited in the last two months in the city have been, you know, everyone's masked. They're doing COVID testing regularly and uh, they're kind of uh, really leading and by example uh, for other industries uh, on how to how to bring back you know, bring back the business. So to shift gears a little bit, I'd love to get your take on kind of the structure of film commissions, right? So we have the Texas Film Commission out of the governor's office, but, you know, there are regional film commissions that are supporting filmmakers in, in various ways. So can you talk about how um, important that is and in what ways these regional film commissions are um, supporting filmmakers? The, well, the large cities um, have had film offices for decades. In fact, Texas is one of the states that um, really led the charge for regional film commissions. Um, in the 1980s, uh, there was a, a very strong push by the Texas Film Commission to um, get regional offices set up. So... Uh, for instance, San Antonio has been around for over 35 years, Houston as well, the Austin Film Commission, Dallas, um, and of course, El Paso since the 1974. So the state is really unique. Um, the size of the state is one factor. Um, we have regional production centers because of the large cities in the state. I mean, if you're in Wisconsin, you, you really don't have the same scenario that we have, which is, you know, five to seven large cities that all have a production industry, that all have crew and equipment availability and need, need the services of a film office. So the Texas Film Commission um, does a, a great job in, uh, fielding all of the requests that they get and then and then uh, divvying them up to the different regions. But we also get some of the primary calls uh, initially 
instead of the film office. So it works, it works well. Um, obviously we, we know our, our city better than, than the state film commission because we're here every day. Um, the state office visits regularly. So they, they have a really good, um, grasp of, of our current, you know, what we have, what we look like, what our crew situation is like. Um, you mentioned Ciudad Juarez, and I'm interested to hear kind of what your experience has been in working in a region where that kind of relationship is so strong, um, you know, a, a city in Mexico and El Paso. So can you talk about how um, that has kind of impacted or how that might be different than other states where, you know, Austin is kind of the center of the, the state and not necessarily have that kind of access to different artists from another country? Right. Yeah, it is. It is a really fascinating dynamic. And there's like I mentioned, there's a strong production community in, in Juarez and uh, we work closely with producers there. And we have producers in El Paso that can work on in both cities. Um, so their equipment can go across and their staff and personnel can go across. And it, work, it works both ways. It's a little more challenging right now, but um, you know, that's, that's a, a dynamic that we talk about when we are promoting our region. And it's a, it's a real advantage. I mean, very few jurisdictions have a foreign country, uh, you know, two miles away from their city center um, that's available for filming. And we work closely with the Chihuahua Film Commission. They actually have a main office in Juarez. And, and uh, you know, the production over there generally is is binational so we'll have crew from mexico and el paso working on projects on both sides um, we also of course have uh, a good relationship with the department of homeland security and our border patrol so that uh, that's something that other regional film offices just don't have to deal with um, how, how to get work visas and how to get uh, equipment across the border and that sort of thing. So it's really, it's a fascinating experience. And I, I, uh, I'm still learning cause I've only been here for, for three and a half years and um, but it, it's working well. And I'm looking forward to, you know, when, when we get out of this pandemic and travel becomes uh, a bit more normal and we can really see how we can exploit the, the uh, proximity of the city uh, to Mexico, you know, for our advantage. So I, I'm looking forward to, to continuing to grow our, our uh, relationships across the border and especially with our new endeavor into music and uh, photography and design, it, 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 uh, it opens up a lot more doors for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. It sounds like it's uh, pretty vast in terms of the reach that you can make, not only for artists, but for crew members um, and the impact that that has. So that's that's super interesting. Yeah, and it's, it's fascinating, too, because our connection to Juarez, also, we most of those professionals are connected to either Mexico City Guadalajara, Monterrey. And so it really is a very strong connection for us to Mexican production. So I know that the way that funding works is different in other countries, right? Does Mexico have kind of a government funded agency to support the arts there that El Paso and Texas would in turn benefit from? Well, the uh, Chihuahua Film Commission does finance projects. They have a short film series that they fund and the Mexican national government, of course, funds film filmmaking. And we, we benefited from that uh, two years ago um, when we hosted a film called The Other Tom, uh, which was actually just had, is having its premiere at Venice this, this week or next week. Um, and that was uh, funded by the uh, in Mexico City. So 
Yeah, it does. Ha- it does have an impact uh, for us. I think they did. They did have some challenges that they did have to raise additional uh, U.S. funding um, because they needed to produce a, you know, a majority of the film in Mexico with with the Mexican funds. But it does bleed over, and of course, the the um, the trickle down effect is what we can take advantage of. So filmmakers in in Juarez that are state funded, they're, they're getting their projects made and they're using some El Paso crew perhaps and maybe one or two El Paso locations and going to festivals and continuing to grow their careers and that will help us down the line because they're basically, most of the filmmakers work in both cities, um, but if they have Mexican citizenship, they're able to, to draw on those Mexican uh, grant opportunities and funding. So it, it's very, very positive for us. Um, we'd love to work closely with our cultural arts uh, division here in the city um, to increase the grant funding for short film projects. And um, so we look forward to that down the line as our, as our funding continues to improve, uh, you know, post pandemic. So what are you excited about? What are you looking forward to with all of the new changes in El Paso and and things kind of shifting into safe sets and people being able to to come back to work? Well, it's incredibly exciting to be involved in music for me um, because that's something that I've always been a a music fan. And, uh, you know, I've played music, but I've never played professionally. And um, I'm learning so much about the music business right now. And, and of course, design and photography is something I've been interested in as well. And I've been a photographer for forever. Uh, of course, that, that's an important part of, of being uh, in a film commission is location photography and other photography. So, um, yeah, but there's so much work ahead. I mean, I'm like, oh, my God, there's so much going on. And it's just me right now. So um, we hope to increase our budget to get an assistant uh, maybe next fiscal year. And um, I'd like to get our internship program up and running. Um, so it, it's really, it's like, it's wide open. It's like, it's like a dragster. We're right on the, on the start line and we're revving the engine, uh, but we just haven't had, headed down the track yet. Um, so I have to kind of pull in the rain sometimes and think, okay, all these things that we want to do. And it's like, wait a minute, let's, let's prioritize and let's start with the things we know we can get done right away and move forward with those so that we have this really good foundation for supporting music, um, you know, both local musicians and, and visiting uh, musicians, um, designers, photography, and, and, uh, it's it's a little uh, it's a little frightening for me because there's so much that we can do, but we have great support right now. We've got a great uh, music committee that's helping us to shape what we want to offer the music community here and how we want to uh, talk about uh, music in El Paso. Uh, we hope to have a, a creative industry. Uh, committee, a larger committee that helps us with kind of the big overall picture. And, uh, and of course, our city partners um, are all on board. Um, Mayor's office is very committed to supporting our endeavors um, and, and, uh, and all of the city departments that we work with, El Paso Electric, our water company, the Parks and Rec Department, Economic Development. They, they all understand the, the, uh, the potential that, that the city has and they also, of course, you know, we all live here. So we see the kind of the creative juices that are bubbling up in the city and, and our downtown and our, you know, new development on our east side and west side things that are happening. Um, things with UTEP, you know, that's another one of our great partners, the UTEP uh, Theater and Dance Department, their Digital Communications Division. Um, so it there's there's so much happening that we 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 are excited about it we want to rein in and get as much done as we can this first year so that we can really get some long-term programs established 
and move for, continue to move forward. Any other last thoughts or pieces of info that would be helpful for our audience to know? Well, I think, you know, for some of your listeners that, who may be, um, you know, that want to be filmmakers or they're starting out as, as filmmakers, um, you know, most, most people say, you know, just go and do it, which I agree with. That's important. Um, and know that film, film offices are, are here for, for everyone. We're, we're not just for the out-of-town visitors um, anymore. Um, and, you know, a lot of projects won't need our full services at all, but, but we can certainly help with, um, you know, a lot of basic questions that filmmakers have about how to get things done properly in, you know, in a city. And uh, so I encourage filmmakers to, uh, you know, reach out to film commissions because they're all willing to talk. And it's an important part of all of our regional offices, the supporting of the independent film. Um, so that that's important. And, and I also think that with regard to the other creative industries, you know, the same holds true. Um, and while at this point I'm learning more from our creative musicians and photography professionals, um, you know, in time we'll be able to be able to, to uh, do the same that we do with film and advise young people on how to, how to move forward in the industry. We're, we have a number of uh, local nonprofits that are doing really cool programming for young artists and how to uh, commercialize their art or how to, you know, how to make money, how to, how to apply for grants, how to, um, you know, work and get city mural contracts and things like that. Um, so all of those things really help. And, and we're here, we're here to help everyone and help everyone grow. And we benefit because of that. Oof. I know we covered a lot today, but I hope you get out of this episode how important advocacy is for the creative industry. It's a ton of work to convince the government that allocating a huge chunk of money every two years to film production is worth it. And the good folks at the Texas Film Commission are making sure they've got the receipts to back up the fact that the film industry is vital to the economy of Texas. If you can, get involved. Add this to the list of the many things that Texans need to continue to fight for so that we can keep making movies and continue the legacy of those before us. Thank you to all of our guests in this episode, Lindsay Ashley, Kim LeBlanc, Mindy Raymond, and Drew Mayer Oates. And thank you for listening to episode 11 of Hyperreal Film Club Presents Texas Film in Focus. Stay tuned for the next episode where I'll talk to the people that you submitted to me to interview. So that's going to be a super fun one. I'll also try my hardest not to get too sappy about it being the last episode, but I can't make any promises. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Sray Lopez. That's S-R-A-E-L-O-P-E-Z. And follow Hyperreal Film Club on Instagram at Hyperreal Film Club or at the website HyperrealFilm.club. Texas Film in Focus is produced and hosted by me, Samantha Ray Lopez. Our editor slash sound designer is Laura Rivero. And our podcast admin assistant is Chloe Carcamo. Special thank you to the Hyperreal Film Club for letting me do whatever I want. And of course, the Texas Commission on the Arts.